Welcome to the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast. I hope you're well. In this episode, I'm talking to Jake Rental. He has six years' experience in professional wrestling. And in this interview, I talked to him about how he got started, his first match, and how that went, and why he has made the switch to Wrestle Strong Dojo. Uh, he also shares some tips for anyone out there who may be thinking about or is already in professional wrestling. A really good listen. I think you'll take a lot out of it. And listen, if you are interested in becoming a professional wrestler, I strongly recommend that you reach out to Wrestle Strong Dojo. I'll have the details in the show notes. Get a hold of them, especially if you do have that desire. Because as Jake talks about in this interview, if you do, you just got to go for it. Here's the episode. I hope you enjoy it. It begins with Jake giving us a bit of an introduction to himself and how he got started. Um, okay, uh, I'm Jake Rintoul. I'm now currently 30 years old. I've been wrestling for at least five or six years now. I broke in uh, when I was 24. I went to a local show and that had Tommy Dreamer on the show. So that was enough for me to want to go and see it because I'm a huge ECW fan. And then I just thought, what the hell, I'll try it out. And um you know, like I, I made my way around New South Wales, did a couple of shows in Queensland. And then uh, one day, Russell Strong Dojo opens it, opened its doors. Uh, I had been in the locker room with Dean Draven ever since I broke into this business. And I wanted to show my support because I know how talented Dean is in the ring. He's a veteran. He is an extremely talented wrestler. Uh, for the amount of years that he's been going and he can still go is just a testament to his skill and uh, being trained by Amy Action has done nothing but benefit my career ever since joining the dojo when it started. So when did your love for professional wrestling begin? Oh, you know, I can't actually remember a specific pinpoint, but it would have been, uh, just around the time, the, uh, right after the Monday Night Monday Night Wars started, I wasn't aware of WCW at the time. But I, I would have been maybe six or seven. Hmm. I came across it on at the time we had Optus TV. This was around when Foxtel had like rivals or something. Hmm. Anyway, um, and there, I just watched a WWF pay per view, and I was just completely mesmerized by what I saw. I remember seeing. I think this this would have been the event where Austin and McMahon had a, a match and there was the vignette of Vince McMahon, you know, running through the snow, chugging the egg <laughs> yeah. Uh And then, you know, I remember, I remember watching Austin coming down, like Vince McMahon's on the stretcher and he's pummeling the crap out of him and he puts like the camera cord around his neck and starts mm. strangling him. I'm like, whoa, what is this cool stuff? And I see like uh, Kane had a match, I think around that same show, I think. Hmm. Um, and I just saw this giant seven foot guy, the arena's gone bright red and the fire, <laughs> the pyro, and it, well, it was just mesmerizing to me. And I've been hooked ever since. At what point do you think to yourself, um, okay, I think I can give this a try. Like, was it when you went to that show where you saw Tommy dreamer or was it prior to that, that you, or did you always have this feeling oh. of wanting to give it a try? I remember going to my, my year 12 careers advisor and she said to me, Oh, what do you want to do outside of school? I'm like, I want to be a wrestler. And she, of course she just laughed at me. 
oh, you can't do that. You're, you're too short. You know, you'll, you'll never make it or whatever, or whatever she said. Right. I'm like, wow. Okay. Fair hmm. enough. And I, I even remember being 20 years old, you know, three years out of school and I'm just with my mate and I'm like, wow, I, I really want to try but I just, I don't think I've got what it takes, you know? Um, until yeah, I, yeah, I went to that show and, you know, I started to kind of like turn my life around a bit where I was a bit out of shape before then, you know, I didn't really have any confidence and I just, I didn't have any faith in myself. You didn't have any confidence. Point. Did you say? Yeah, no, no confidence at all. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, nah, man. I, I, I had no, uh, belief in myself whatsoever mm. that I could accomplish anything beyond just working the normal nine to five you know, even working on weekends just to put away the extra money, uh, no life outside of work. That's just what I did for the first, you know, three, four years out of school was just work. Um, and then, yeah, I went to that show and I thought, hell, I could do that. You know, give it a shot. And I, I nearly backed out of it, but I'm glad I didn't. Hmm. Yeah. And so was it just the case of you um, just reaching out to whoever was the local wrestling school um, hmm. promotion? Was that, as easy as it was for you? Well, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Considering I was brand new to the local scene and I hadn't really done much uh, research on it, knowing where to go, who to talk to, I more or less just grabbed the application form and filled it right out and handed mm. it back. You know, and it was just as simple as that and to see, see how it could go. Uh, even, even signing up for it, I thought, this most likely won't work out for me, but I'll just try it anyway. Because mm. why not? Mm. better late than never yeah so mm. and in the early stages so you just uh starting out um you turn up the training um is it sort of what you envisioned it was going to be from the beginning or was it just um to a degree to a degree um i was so intimidated by it the way that they demonstrated on how to enter and exit the ring like was scary to me. I, I was that bad. Um, uh, I, at that point, I, I obviously understood, you know, it's, it's entertainment, it's scripted. Um, you know, of course there's a lot of realism to what you can get badly hurt. Um, but I just didn't know what was what in what areas, you know, where, where is it, you know, you know, um, where is it, where we train to be protected or where is it, you know, where the realism comes into play. Mm. I couldn't quite wrap my head around the entire um, psychology of the business. Mm. So um, that kind of, that was a huge learning experience more than the physicality of learning how to take moves mm. was wrapping my head around how it all worked. Mm. And um yeah, I, I, I obviously was able to pick it all up. Um, I was able to make sense of things. Um, but it was quite daunting at first. Mm. Yeah. And were the, uh, where you started training, were the other wrestlers um, inviting, accommodating, like willing to help you out along the way? Like, how was that? Uh, there'd be a 50-50. Mm. Um, wrestlers like Dean Draven was there. Mm. Um, he was a huge helping hand, you know, like really welcoming, friendly backstage. And this is when like, I was still in a shell. Like I, mm. I didn't talk to anyone. I just kept to myself. You know, every time I tried to open my mouth, I felt like I was making an ass of myself. So 
and I was very selective too. But um, and then, and there were other people there that weren't so welcoming that just kind of acted all. You get this in locker rooms. It's normal. Mm. You acted macho like they're the the best, you know. Mm. And I guess when you've done the grind and you've done the time and you're able to make a name for yourself, that does sort of develop. Mm. It comes with the territory of paying your dues and, you know, like I said, making a name for yourself, which is fine. I I get that. So like I said, it was a mixed bag. So what was it like uh, for your first match when you get told, hey, um, you know, you're going to be wrestling this person on this date. Um, tell me about that. Uh, so I went to a training the probably five days before. Um, and this is up at Minchinberry. You know, they'd seen how much, like, I'd had that, at that point in time, like, I got my act together. Like, I put everything in the full gear. I, I was starving for it. Hmm. I went from when, when I broke in, I wasn't sure of myself. I was in a shell. I was uncertain with everything, but then come around uh, at this point in time, I had put everything into full gear. I know what I wanted, you know, um, and I wanted it now. And once they finally recognize that they go, we'll get, we'll get you your first match, you know, this coming show. So uh, that was like a five day preparation in my head. I was, uh, I was good leading up to it. Uh, but the, the morning of my first ever match, I was scared. Like it was the sort of butterflies in the stomach that I've never experienced before. Mm. Like I was so nervous. The adrenaline was already pumping and it was still, you know, five hours before showtime. But um, it's just one of those weird things where you know, like you stand behind the curtain, you get the butterflies, you get the nerves. The second your music hits, it's like a switch and you just go out and do it. You forget all about it. Mm. You know, all those nerves because you just go out there and you do what you love doing. Mm. And um, yeah, that, that was quite the experience. And do you remember your first match, whether or not it was good, bad, like based on your judgment of it? Looking back at it, um, I hadn't seen it in a long time because my first match, I think was in 20 maybe late 2015, early 2016, mm. somewhere around that. Um, I watched it back not that long ago, just cause I came across it. Um, and of course there's going to be moments where you, you cringe cause you're, mm. you're new, you're not quite sure of what to do. Like it's hard to explain, but because without the experience there, you don't have the natural flow. Mm. You don't have, the ability to be confident because you're too concerned about mm. getting the job done. Right. Mm. Um, so there were moments of course, where I just, I cringed a lot, but some elements in that match did surprise me that I did. I did specific things that I thought were very impressive for a debut match. Mm. But of course, like it's, it wasn't that not my opponent's fault. Not my fault, just just things weren't, you know, it wasn't going to be match of the year candidate, put it that mm. way. Mm. As long as the crowd was entertained, as long as I did my best, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously it wasn't, at the time, I guess it wasn't bad enough to make you think, oh, I don't even know if I want to do this. Oh, no, no. By then I, I, I felt like uh, that was just the, st the stepping stone, the, the, the starting pad, you know, like mm -hmm. the, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, you're at Russell Strong Dojo now. How did you come across uh, the dojo? Um, so at, 
one of the many independent shows that Dan and I were a part of, uh, there was conversations about starting up a school. And yeah, I threw my hat in right away. Like I'm, I'm so on board mm. because I've, I've actually gone to almost every training school there is in New South Wales. Mm. I've been to them all pretty much. Um, but whenever I was in the ring with Dean and Amy, like everything just clicked. Mm. Whatever they were able to teach me just resonated with me and it was able to stick. Mm. And throughout the times where they would be, they would take over training for some places if the current trainers weren't available. And I would, that would be like the best thing for me because mm. like I said, they just always knew how to convey the right things to make things like, whether it be just practicing holds, chaining, uh, understanding psychology, doing, you know, bumping, doing moves, the way that they were able to teach it, I was just able to soak it all in. I, whereas some other places, there'd always be some, some form of disconnect. Mm. And the fact that they wanted to do their own school, I was so on board straight away. And quite frankly, it's the best decision they've made. Uh, not only, you know, for guys like me who have, who have years of experience, because there's a few of us that are at the dojo that have a couple of years experience, you know, we're not fresh out of the dojo mm. uh, where it's done nothing but benefit our careers. Mm. Um, it's, done, it's quite frankly, it's kind of um, revitalized the scene a little bit mm. in a, in a healthy competitive way. Whereas we're bringing top tier talent out of the dojo, mm. you know, and, and we aren't going to settle for like, if people still need work, we aren't going to throw them on shows when they're not ready. Mm. Cause it's only going to, well, you, you know, if, if you're not ready and you get thrown out in that sort of environment, they're going to eat you alive yeah, and that's yeah. not good for you or it's not, and it's not good for the promotion as mm. well. So of course they know how to handle um, that process. Mm. Uh, and I've found that they tend to be one of the more professional schools around where they have a formula, they stick to it and it's done nothing but pay off. Yeah. What are sort of the places that uh, wrestling has taken you throughout New South Wales? Um, and have you had to travel interstate to, to wrestle? Only twice. I would like to do it more, but obviously with COVID, I, I had plans to want to hit up uh, Victoria and possibly Tasmania just mm. for the sake of traveling and mm. getting that experience. Um, I've wrestled from everywhere between um, the Hunter Valley region down to Canberra and everywhere mm. in between uh, Bomaderry, Musselbrook. Mm. Uh, I've been a part of Sydney Supernovas for a few years mm. for uh, some of that stuff. Yeah, like my strong, my, 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 my stomping grounds would be Western Sydney because that's mm. where I'm located. And mm. it's nice to have a home promotion down here, you know, that have a good following, that have a good reputation. Um, not knocking on anyone else, believe me, I'm not. I'm just saying I'm yeah. glad to be a part of it. It's something local. Mm. You know, I don't have to constantly travel far out of my way mm. uh, for every time I want to get in the ring. As much as I love doing like that, I'm, I'm still always going to love working Canberra shows because the crowd, when they're, when they're hot, man, they are crazy. Like, mm. Um, I've worked at Hill there pretty much all the way up until this point. Um, and I've always been able to get them like burning hot, like <laughs> booing, 
yeah. trash talking me. You know, I love mm. that energy. Yeah. You can't always get that with every crowd that you go to, but I've all, once that crowd is nice and full, I've been able to get it every single time there. Same, same with um, Cessnock. Hmm. They're very into it. They're very um, want to want to get involved. Hmm. And it's nice that uh, when Russell Strong did a Bonner rig show, which we plan on doing some more, I believe um, when that crowd was at its pinnacle, it was hmm. so like, you, you, you heard them. They yeah, were so yeah. interactive. They were so like on fire. They, they were cheering the, whoever they wanted. They were booing whoever they wanted. They were throwing insults at you. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I got the kids rolled up and I love doing that because mm-hmm. they really want to get into it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I love doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that crowd wasn't like a capa- like, I mean, it was capacity for um, the situation being COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very, very vocal and that was very good to um, hear. So you obviously get that quite a bit where you'll perform at one place, they'd be very into it and some places um, not so much. How do you deal with performing um, in front of places that are sort of not as into it as you would like them to be? You know, it's, I try not to take it personal because sometimes those crowds aren't regulars hmm. and they don't necessarily know how to be involved. Maybe, maybe, you know, they're a bit shy. They just want to sit on their hands and watch. Hmm. Cause I've done that. I, I've gone to shows where I don't really feel like getting out of my seat and throwing things or yelling hmm. at people. I just want to sit there and watch the wrestling. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it just, it just depends. Whereas I've worked other places where um, Henleyvale was a weird area where they loved trash talking the heels but they gave no energy to the baby face mm-hmm. a very unusual environment to be in but um even with when russell strong dojo did one of their first covid safe shows uh they were encouraged not to verbally react mm. coming out to do my job and try and entice the crowd to get them heated up for my upcoming match mm. it was hard when i'm trying to convey them to give, give me heat and they're just sitting there clapping or it was a yeah. very off-putting experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not something I particularly like, it, it does kind of weird me out a bit and it, if they just don't want to give the energy, it does kind of tick me off, but because you, you come to a wrestling show and you just sit there and be quiet and you're not mm-hmm. really experiencing it the way it should be experienced. Yeah. But I try and handle it like, you know, like professional. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been champion in promotions. How does it feel when the promoter comes to you and says, you know, we're going to make you champion? In, cir- in different circumstances, I've had different reactions to it. My first one was almost overwhelming because I had no idea it was coming. Mm. And I didn't know if I was ready yet to carry a brand because mm. at that point I'd only been in for probably 10 or 11 months. Mm. But at that same point in time, looking back at it, I was building myself up. Uh, but then having that, that, that sort of first run gave me the confidence to know what it's like to be a champion to, to, um, it, at that point in time, you could say that it gave me the extra confidence that I needed to push myself even harder mm. to yeah, have the experience carrying a brand and uh, knowing that 
the promoter has enough faith in you to basically be, you know, the poster child, you know, the, the champion, mm. The, mm. The, the, one of the main attractions, because that's what, they, what we are essentially. Mm. Um, you know, whether we put the butts in seats, whether we draw, whether we um, have enough entertainment value in our characters to convey something to the audience to get them to come, mm. whatever the cause might be. It's always an honor. I'm constantly humble at the idea of being given a championship to represent the organization. In this case, the fact that I'm the first ever Wrestle Strong Dojo junior heavyweight champion was shocking hmm. to me. I didn't see it coming. Hmm. Um, I was more than flattered. I, I, I know that I'd put in the hard work because you know, like I said, I've been with them since day one and I've always had faith in the brand. Mm. Um, but to be able to say that I'm the first ever, as much as my character likes to rub that into people's faces, mm. it is something that just fills me with pride. Yeah. Knowing that before I broke into the business, I had no faith in myself. I had mm. no confidence that I could ever accomplish anything. Mm. Here I am, six-time Australian wrestling champion. Yeah. Six years in Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. One thing I want to um, ask you is, you know, one of the purposes of interviewing you uh, for this particular episode of the podcast is uh, there might be people out there who watch wrestling are heavily into wrestling. And, you know, I feel as a, a lot of people who watch wrestling always have in the back of their mind, you know, I'd like to give that a go. Mm. Um you know, what would you say for people who are of that mind, who are thinking to themselves, oh, I might give it a go, but maybe uh, on the fence about it, don't want to, you know, what would you sort of say to those particular people? Give it a go, man. Like it's not as easy as it looks because unless you're involved in the business, no one truly understands a hundred percent how it works. You know, the ins and outs, the small little details, no one truly understands unless you actually start training. Um, and to never listen to the doubt in your mind. You've got to push that aside. If you really want to give it a go and you think you, you want to be successful in this, if your heart's in the right place, just trust your judgment and um, push that doubt aside. You know, never let that, never let that stop you from achieving any success. Because mm. uh, for the first six months when I was training, I was so doubtful about everything that I did I felt like I wouldn't get anywhere until I just, I don't know. I had like a conversation with myself where it was just time to give it a go. No more excuses. Just try it, you know, and uh, here I am now, you know, and it still amazes me to this day that I've been able to accomplish what, what I've done. I've been able to meet the friends that I have now in the business. Some of them are my closest friends, you know, oh. I never would have met them if I never got involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, Outside of the business, I'm now an entirely different person than I was before I even started wrestling because I've been able to, like this Jake Gibson persona, this cocky, confident, smart aleck, you know, um, heelish dude. I've been able to sort of like almost incorporate that into my own personality and I've been able to use that personality to break my shell that I've been trapped in for so many years. So even if, uh, you're not sure if you can make it in the business, that alone is worth giving it a shot. Mm. Yeah. And 
for people who do decide I'm going to do this, I'm going to get into it. Are there maybe some tips that you might have for them um, in the early stages? Um, your first bump's always going to hurt <laughs> no matter what. Um, actually, yeah. Um, when I took my very first bump in the ring, I tucked my chin, but no one ever told me that the ring can bounce a little bit. So I let go of my chin and I oh. threw my head back as the ring bounced and I gave myself a bit of a, you know, uh, and I thought, well, shit, can I do this? You know, pardon the language. Um, but yeah, um, first bump's always going to hurt and expect a little bit of bruising, you know, because your body's not conditioned to the, I don't know if you want to call it punishment, let's call it the training. Uh, you know, it's not something your body's naturally used to taking body slams running the ropes um you know bumping all that sort of stuff it's not natural and it's gonna hurt but it gets easier the more you do it last um advice that you would have for wrestlers who have already started um who are already training and they're probably at the stage of trying to come up with like a character um who they want to be in the ring uh would there be some sort of advice that you would give to them they might be a bit confused and unsure uh sort of which which direction to go my method for being able to be jake gibson was just being like they always say it's an extension of your own personality you know cranked up a lot Mm. it's figuring out how to convey that exaggeration of yourself like being able to convey it to an audience Mm. in a believable manner that you know, you're not acting. You completely believe that that's who you are. Like I'm the problem child, Jake Gibson. I'm an arrogant SOB. I'm entitled to everything. You know, like I don't care about the fans. I, I have to believe that is mm. me. You can't just go out there and play wrestler. You can't go mm. out there and play a gimmick. You have to believe that it's you. And you have to know to be able to convey that in a believable manner. You can't just go out there and tell people that's who you are and then have a disconnect when you start wrestling and then you're no longer playing a character. You're just doing wrestling moves. You need to be able to, um, yeah, it's always an extension. It's a part of your personality that you can convey, but it's always greatly exaggerated to the point where they're either going to love you or they're going to hate you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, great. Look, that's some um, really good tips and advice um, that you've given us. As you said, you're six years in the business. I think um, you've said yourself you're not quite yet a veteran, but you're uh, well on your way there. Uh, I'd just like to thank you for your time uh, coming on. I really do hope that whoever's listening to this uh, can take something out of it because I think there is some really good advice in there. Um, you know, it's always good to hear stories like this from people who have actually um you know traveled the path of becoming a wrestler so um jake thank you so much for um sharing your story and uh for jumping on that's all right mate Uh, pleasure's on mine thank you for the time no worries thank you very much